Okay, so hello and welcome. This is live call number four, and um, I want to make sure y'all can hear me. So if you'd press star two to raise your hand, and uh, I can make sure that I'm being heard. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, we have quite a few of you here, and that is awesome. Um, I am so happy that y'all made it live. I think there's just a certain type of power to getting to experience this live, but no worries if you can't, just if you're able to make it, it's, it's fantastic. So it looks like we have, um, we have Vina here and Kathy and Jen and Julia and Chelsea and Leah. Welcome. Okay, well, I'm really excited about this particular live call because um, it's very personal to my story and it was a huge part of me being able to overcome certain challenges in my own health and it's just very near and dear to me, this particular topic, and so I'm excited to just share with each of you. So feel free to have a journal on hand if you want to jot down notes and as always, you can press star two to raise your hand. Um, or just listen into the call. I'll be doing a lot of of just teaching and tapping during this call. We won't do quite as much um, interaction, but I'm always happy to um, support you if you have specific questions, and so um, that's always available. I just won't be calling on you as as much as I have been uh, the last couple of calls. So uh, before we dive in. Just um, if hopefully you're all on the Facebook page, but I just wanted to remind everyone that we have two more live gatherings, and I'm really excited about them. Um, the The one that's coming up is December 19th. That's a Thursday night. It's at 6:30, and I'm going to make y'all dinner so you can just get to come and relax and not have to bring anything, not have to make anything. And it'll just be a simple dinner so you can taste a few of the recipes that I um, have shared either on the Facebook page or just that I love to prepare that are really easy. And I want you all to be able to taste those. And then um, we're going to be doing some tapping that night and some share time. I'm really excited about it to um, help you hopefully overcome some blocks that you might be experiencing or give you some tools for the future. And then um, the, the final live gathering will be January the 2nd, and I'm super excited here. I'm going to have my, my team join us for as, as many people as can, can join us, um, the team that does the retreats with me, and a few of them are going to share their journey, and we're also going to be focusing in on um, how to move forward from here. So we're going to be doing a lot of looking back over the past year, and um, just noticing what's working, what's not working, and then really visioning for the future. So that's going to be a beautiful time together, and I really hope you get to make it live. If not, no worries. I'm going to see if I can um, record some of it for those of you who live out of town or can't make it. Okay, so the topic today is how to use EFT tapping to really understand and heal your relationship with food. And I think that that many of you know that this is the biggest reason that I got into the type of work that I do with health coaching. Um, the reason I'm not doing dietitian or nutritionist work or focusing solely on the food is because I grew up in an environment where um, 
I had a lot of knowledge, um, I would say cutting edge knowledge about nutrition, about healthy eating, about exercise, about detoxification and cleansing. And I really felt like my parents set me up for a, a really um, healthy life. And I'm very grateful to that foundation that they gave me. Um, but I really struggled throughout my teenage years and into my 20s with my relationship with food. Um, I, I struggled with an eating disorder and and a, a very obsessive, compulsive, um, just a, an unhealthy relationship with food. And it was it was kind of adding insult to injury that I knew so many. Um, I knew too much, and it almost made it worse that I had so much knowledge about. Uh, nutrition because I just felt like, man, I'm messing this whole thing up and I'm doing everything wrong. And I know not to overeat or I know not to starve myself or I know that what I'm doing isn't healthy, but I don't know how to get out of it. And so I think it was back in, um, I was actually on a, on a, on a vacation in Europe. I was in Scotland at the time and I was really struggling, even though I'm in on this beautiful vacation and having a great experience. Um, but my my obsessive compulsive relationship with food and my unhealed um, issues were really driving me nuts. Um, and for those of you who have done international travel, you know how challenging it can be to stay healthy. Um, and you know while you're in the middle of that the busyness of the travel and and um, and so some of the the issues that were unresolved really flew up in my face. And so I was really praying about how to how to deal with this and how to heal it for good, where I wasn't just living a life of struggle, just chronic struggle. And so um, on that trip, I remember exactly where I was. I was in a, a cute little hotel room in Scotland, and this email came in, and it was from a, um, a, a health coach that I I had a lot of respect for, and she she worked specifically with helping people heal their relationship with food through EFT tapping. And before that time, um, you know, I, I knew about EFT tapping and I'd heard about it for a while and my sister, Laura loved it. She just, she just thought it was the best thing in the world. And I just thought it was complete bunk. I'm like, how can tapping on your face, like do anything for you? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I read that, that email and she was, um, about to do a coaching certification and it had the first six months of just working, just working on your own stuff, like not even doing any coaching, just working on your own relationship with food and healing that and then being able to help other people. And I just knew that it was a gift from God to me at that time. And that was the path that I needed to take. And so that began this whole journey of, of understanding the underlying causes for um, why I didn't, I couldn't do what I knew to do for my health and, and what was going on underneath my unhealthy relationship with food. Because I would go back and forth between binge eating and emotional eating to really getting strict and like starving myself and like back and forth. And it was just, it's just no way to live. I mean, it wasn't a full-blown um, eating disorder, but um, if it had gotten any worse, it would have been you know, really bad. So, um, I just, I want to, I want to save people as much as possible, save people the struggle or the, 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 the challenge of not understanding what could be going on. Um, and so rather than medicating or suppressing it, we want to seek to understand. And so what I learned in the, the months and years that followed 
learning this tapping, it was just a few things. And I want to share those few things with you. And then um, I, I want to do some tapping around this and teach you some of the main tapping tools uh, so that you can understand how to do this for yourself. And then if you get stuck, um, you know what's available to you and you can you know come in for a session and get some more support. So um, the, the first thing that I learned that really was very interesting to me, and I mentioned this already, is that our issues with food are rarely about the food itself. Now, we all know that processed toxic food has an addictive component to it. So, you know, there's been studies that have shown that that sugar, you know, white sugar, processed sugar is about as addictive as cocaine because of the part of the brain that it lights up when you eat it. It, it sends a certain type of dopamine to the brain, which is that pleasure chemical, and it, it makes you feel really good. And so there are some physiological um, puzzle pieces to this, but I would say that the, the bulk of food issues for people have less to do with the, um, with the addictive, um, because, you know, you can, you can kind of wean off of, um, sugar and, you know, it takes a few days, but your system can, can get rid of it pretty quickly. But the emotional piece of it is the biggest, biggest key. So it's not really about the food. It's about the underlying emotional issues that we don't know how to work with, or we haven't been given tools to work with. And so what I was doing is I was using food to either stuff something down like stress or emotions or beliefs or thought patterns that I did not know how to handle within myself, or I was using food to fill something up, some sort of lack in my life, some sort of disconnection with the beauty all around me or the inability to really um, love my life. And so I had to take a hard look at what was, what was keeping me from letting my life uh, fill me up and letting the the, the beauty of everything that God had given me to really, you know, let myself soak in that. So food issues are, are either stuffing something down or filling something up. And they are also so much about our associations. And I'll talk about that in a minute. So I, what I under, what I begin to understand and working through my own stuff is that it's very important to get out of fix it mode with ourselves. Like, um, Try to manage our behaviors around food, like oh, I should only eat this much food, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut back on this, and that's all fine. But but the most important key here is to seek to understand what's going on underneath our desire to reach for certain food, or to not listen to our bodies when we're getting a signal of fullness, or um, to to be disconnected. Like what's causing that? So to, the takeaway here is to seek to understand our behaviors or our issues with food rather than just get into that fix it mode. And I have really found that the more compassion and understanding that I could have with myself in this area, the more that my body and my heart and my subconscious mind would respond really uh, well to that um, rather than the old, um, the old mode of operation, which would be um, kind of self-punishment or self-abuse. And uh, so just like in any, uh, any relationship in our life, um, we, we, you know, we, we discover as we go along that love and compassion and seeking to understand and learning how to forgive 
is the way to a healthy relationship. And the same holds true for our relationship with our bodies and our relationship with our heart. So that's part of this whole process is is um, developing that relationship within yourself. So you, so that you are listening to your body, you're listening to the signals, you know how to interpret them, and you're doing so with compassion and kindness. And I, I think that's, I think that's true health is when there's no longer that war going on inside. So, um, so the third thing that that was uh, a huge puzzle piece for me was realizing that our underlying beliefs or these these identities that we have about who we are can, um, we can kind of find out what those are by looking at our relationship with food. So let me give you a couple examples of what I mean by that. Um, I found that, uh, I had a need for, um, caffeine and, and energy drinks or things that would pet me up because I had beliefs, like deeper, deeper beliefs about lack, about not having enough. So um, a little back, background to this is that um, my dad had chronic fatigue when I was growing up, and uh, that's part of what got him on his health journey. And he struggled with chronic fatigue for a long time. And, um, you know, with having seven children, you know, two sets of twins, and uh, just a lot of life stressors. You can imagine why he had chronic fatigue. Um, but my little mind really picked up on um, beliefs that there just was never enough energy. And so I remember when I realized that I had this this long-held belief that there's never going to be enough. So there's not enough energy. There's not enough time. There's not enough food. There's not enough money. There's just not enough and all of that not enough you could encompass in one word, which is just lack. And so sometimes our need for um, like caffeine or energy drinks or even sugar or something to pep us up can sometimes be a belief about ha- not having enough, a belief around lack. So um, as I'm sharing some of this stuff with you, if anything resonates, go ahead and jot it down, write it down and... Um, of course, anything that doesn't resonate, don't worry about it. Just flick it away. But it'll it'll land with you. Uh, you'll notice a little, um, either a, a sense of, ah, that makes sense, like an aha moment. And if you notice that, go ahead and jot it down and either um, work on it here in the call or in a session or, um, or process it as soon as you can because this is your inner voice, your, your body, your heart trying to speak up and give you information about... Uh, what's going on inside and, and what's going on underneath the the surface of the water, so to speak. Okay, so so that's one example of how the my my need for like coffee and energy drinks and um, things to stimulate me was that belief around lack. Um, okay, so another one that I discovered was um, when I was dealing with not with more like the anorexic side of, um, eating. Um, I was not eating enough. It was, there was a lot of beliefs around being like too much. Like if, and I see this in, in other clients that I work with, someone who deals with anorexia or is not eating enough, there's a belief around feeling like they're too much. And so they diminish themselves. They kind of shrink a little bit to, to stay small, to not get any in anyone's way or be noticed too much because they don't want to get 
rock the boat or get in the way or or be too much. So that's a really interesting one, but I've found it to be very prevalent, um, especially with certain types of personalities. And um, so that's a that's an interesting way that the body responds to beliefs around being being too much. And then the opposite side of that, like overeating in general, will it can be a belief about being not enough. Like who I am is just not enough. And so I've got to fill up somehow to, to be enough in the world, to, to be enough of a, um, to be valuable enough, to be worthy enough. And, um, I've noticed specifically when, you know, people overeat on like sweet foods. Um, for me, that was definitely like a lack of connection to the sweetness in my own life. And uh, so learning how to be the sweetness rather than having the sweetness um, through food, but getting to feel it and to be it was a a really eye-opening experience for me. And so um, that's a a super important um, one to remember that if you're wanting lots of sweet foods, you look for where you're not allowing yourself to soak in the sweetness of your own life and to really live in a state of gratitude for the beauty all around you. And if, if you're not able to access it, then you probably want to do some processing uh, as to why. Um, so I, I'm not going to get into much more detail on that, but those are the few examples of how our relationship with food can really unveil these deeper beliefs about ourselves. And on the subject of beliefs, just as a reminder Beliefs are kind of like fuel to a fire. So if you think of a belief, it's like pretty far down there. It's like um, it's like the wood or the fuel um, that is is uh, giving giving fuel to the fire, which is like our emotions or the things that we feel, like the stresses and the anxiety and the uh, frustration or anger. Um, the belief is going to fuel that fire. And then the thoughts that you have subsequently from those emotions are like the smoke. And um, this analogy has helped me so much um, in understanding my beliefs, emotions, and thoughts. Because, you know, so many people try to change by changing the the thoughts, by only working with their thoughts. And if thoughts are kind of like the smoke and, you know, from a fire and they're they're everywhere, they're just all around. Um, it's very, very difficult to capture those or to do anything with them. Um, but if you, but if you can work with the, the fuel to a fire and you can work with those, those emotions, then, then you're going to find that the negative or critical or stressful thoughts, um, are much easier, um, because there's probably not going to be near as many of them. You're not having to manage that, that smoke you know, up in your head near as much. So I hope that that visual kind of makes sense. Beliefs are like the fuel, emotions are like the fire, and thoughts are like the smoke. So as we're layering down to have a deeper understanding of what's going on inside ourselves, if we can get to the belief, then we don't have to worry as much about the fire and the smoke. All right. So how do we work with this? And, um, and so, you know, the reason I love the EFT tapping is because it, the, the processes that, that I'm going to share with you um, really help you work with all three things, beliefs and emotions and thoughts. And um, when I do tapping for food, I don't do the basic tapping that 
you might um, you might see if you looked up EFT tapping like on YouTube, you would see a basic process for um, for the for the EFT tapping. But I use a little bit of a different process that combines some um, just just tools around self understanding, and um, and so I, I'm combining several things. And then also utilizing the EFT tapping, which really helps work with the limbic system to calm down the stress response. And so I found it to be just incredible key when people will take time to do it. So the the hardest thing about some of this some of this knowledge is that um, it's not enough to know. Um, it's not enough to know that that this is a great thing to do some tapping. You've got to get in there and actually do the tapping. You've got to get in there and actually feel and let those emotions come up and let those beliefs surface and and get in there and do the work so that you can actually clear some of that stuff out of there. And on the other side of clearing some of those beliefs and emotions out, um, there's, there's, there are things you will never have to work on again because they're just gone. Um, but there can be huge resistances to actually getting in there and doing the work and going beyond knowledge. Um, but I've, I've uh, kind of searched high and low to find the fastest ways, and in my mind, some of the the quickest ways to to work with um, you know some of these emotions and beliefs, and and giving you exercises and processes to um, really help you heal your relationship with food. And um, so I hope I hope that that makes sense. And I'm going to give you more specifics here. So so there's two. Two basic um, ways of working with your relationship with food, and and one has to do more with um, our positive feelings around food, and I call those food associations. So these are foods that um, make you feel really happy when you think about eating them. They have a positive association. They make you feel happy. They are sometimes associated with a particular person, like a mother or a grandmother or a particular event in your life, but they're usually very happy. And so for many people, letting go of the food um, often can feel like they're letting go of a great memory with a person or having to let go of happiness or joy or comfort or um, relaxation. And so you work with food associations a little bit differently. Um, it, that's one particular tapping exercise. And by the way, um, in your 30 Days of Change, I go into this in, in detail. Um, and there's, a, there's an audio called Food Associations. And there's like, it's like an intro audio. I believe it's um, track 17. And then the actual tapping exercise is the next track. And that's the one that you would actually um, do the tapping um, along with. So so, that, so that's one way, uh, that's one exercise, that's one track that we can take in working with food. The second track I would say is a little bit more common, um, especially for women and especially for women who are who have really like they're very um, heart centered, very kind, very compassionate, more emotional or emotionally sensitive. Um, you know, this world is very hard on our hearts and very hard on our um, on our our desire to be compassionate and loving and empathetic. And so, I find that people who are really loving and 
and open and connecty people deal more with this second one. And the second one is, um, is, is helping people understand how to get out of emotional eating, overeating. And I called this one, um, programmed to eat. And that is the, that's track number, I believe, um, 19 and, and 20. So same thing on that one. You can listen to the, if you want more, you can listen to the, um, track number 19, which gives you the, um, uh, the intro and then track number two, which is the actual exercise. But the emotional eating is a really, really big one because this is, this is what, um, whenever we're feeling stressed, whenever we're feeling, um, like we don't know what to do with our emotions or we have really big emotions, or maybe we're taking on other people's emotions, then it's very easy to turn to food because food is one of the few acceptable addictions in a sense, or it's a few acceptable go-tos. And I don't necessarily want to call it an addiction because it may not be uh, that far advanced for you. It may just be um, something that is, it's just easy to, to, to turn to food when you don't know what to do or to turn to food whenever you feel um, overwhelmed and stressed. And I really want to bring a little compassion into this, uh, into this conversation by saying, remember your subconscious mind is that 95% of your mind and its number one job is to make you feel happy, to keep you safe, to, um, to, it's your primal brain, your survival brain. And, um, it, it's doing the best job it's, it can, the best job it knows, uh, how to do for you to get what you need. But the subconscious mind doesn't always know how to give you what you need because, um, our deep needs have to come uh, being satisfied at a deep level has to come from our core, the deepest place inside of us where our true self is and our connection with God. But the subconscious mind will sometimes try to dive in here and, and meet our needs, but it doesn't always do so in a healthy way. And so, um, so sometimes, um, if we're feeling stressed and out of balance, we have literally been programmed to turn to food to, to calm that, that stress response down. And your subconscious mind knows this because it's been programmed to, to use something to help you calm down that stressful feeling. And, um, and usually where the programming comes from is it's very, it's very prevalent in our culture that, um, you know, when, when a child feels sad for the parent to give them something to eat, you know, a, a cookie or to, to do something to try to help them calm down. And, and in a sense, there's nothing wrong with that. The only downside is it doesn't really help children learn how to process and feel their emotions or learn how to look for comfort in, um, in a person or learn how to self-soothe. It teaches children to, to look to food to calm them down. And um, so, um, again, I'm not faulting parents because I know that it's so crazy busy, you know, when you're, when you're trying to, um, you know, support children when they're feeling emotional. And uh, it's a programmed thing through, throughout several generations that we, we turn to food to calm us down, to, um, to give us a sense of, of um, centeredness after feeling emotional. But the real downside of this is that it programs the subconscious mind to turn to food rather than learning how to process emotions, how to process stressors, 
how to self-soothe, how to um, get get help, it kind of creates this um, this shame and this hiding and this like um, no one else can help me kind of feeling, and I've got to like I've got to just stuff it down and medicate it and move on. And so um, the the one the exercise that I probably use the most for myself and with clients is this second one, the emotional eating one. And again, in your 30 days of change, it's called programmed to eat. And, um, I explain, you know, a lot in there, you can do the, um, the, the emotional eating exercise. Anytime you're feeling this, this create, this desire to, to eat and to overeat when you're not hungry, because what that, what's going on there is that you're not actually hungry you're needing to calm down stress or emotions that have not been processed. So what we want to do is we want to kind of arrest that um, old program, and we want to to give you a tool that you can hold on to, and and teach you how to tap in that moment, so that you can not only help clear away whatever emotion is there, hopefully help you understand what belief is there and sort through it, and and um, help you be become calm and centered without the food. But every time you do that, um, that, that exercise, you are rewiring your mind. You're, you're rewiring the, the brain to go from, okay, food is the only way I'm going to, um, feel better to like, oh, there's like a different way to feel better. Um, and, um, probably the next time that you experience that stressor, it's not going to feel near as strong because you tapped on it. Okay, so that's the, the basic overview of um, the using EFT tapping to um, understand and heal your relationship with food. And we're going to do a little tapping in a minute. So before I do that, um, let me just see if there's any questions. So press star 2 to raise your hand if you have questions or any comments. Um, I'm happy to um, answer any questions. This is, this is your time. I love doing the the live calls because there's something really magical about all being here together at the same time. Um, even if you're listening to the replay, but being able to ask questions, you know, it's it's really amazing. So, okay, so no questions so far. So we are gonna we're gonna dive in to do some tapping here. Um, let me get a feel for. Um, let's do this. If everyone could take a, a, a few moments and just take a few deep breaths here and, and tune into you, tune into what's going on in your life about food specifically, and notice um, if there's a particular food that you are struggling to let go of that you know is unhealthy or um, something that you, you feel like is is blocking you from being able to move forward with your health. And you might uh, either write it down or just take a mental note. And I want to get a sense of which, um, which of the two paths that I talked about, uh, the two exercises is resonating more with everyone here. So the very first one that I chatted about, the food associations, which is the happy associations to food, um, it being more like cravings that you have and um, happy associations. If that's 
if that's something you feel like you deal with more with this particular food, then press star two to raise your hand. I won't call on you. I just want to get a feel for how many people um, specifically deal with more of the the food associations, like the happy happy associations to food. Okay, awesome. And then those of you who who deal more with and it's, and if it's both for you, that's great. You can press star two to raise your hand for both. Um, if you deal more with the the second one that I mentioned about um, emotional eating, overeating, program to eat when you feel stressed and emotional, if you'll press star two to raise your hand on that one, and um, we'll see how many people feel more like res- like they're resonating with that particular one. Okay, awesome. Okay, so. Um, what I'm going to do today is we're going to dive into this second one because there's um, there's more people who are um, needing that one today. But I will say, those of you who um, raised your hand on the first one, uh, make sure that you pull out that um, that audio in the 30 Days of Change called Food Associations and do some tapping around it. And it's pretty cool because Food Associations is a little bit easier to work with. And, um, it's, it, sometimes you can clear stuff in a pretty short amount of time. We're going to dive into this, um, emotional eating one with everyone. So, okay. And, um, we'll do tapping here on, um, you know, we could do it kind of on a specific food or you can have it kind of generally. So what I mean by that is think about a time that you would tend to overeat or stress eat or emotionally eat or, or use, food to, um, to stuff down emotions. And you might even draw to mind the last time that that happened. So maybe the last time that you're feeling stressed and emotional and, um, you turned to food or you ate more than you wanted to, or you, you didn't eat the food that you knew you should eat. And you were just feeling like yucky afterwards. Okay, so start tapping on the karate chop point. And as much as possible, step into this, this memory. Because remember that your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's happening right now and what happened back then. So just begin to observe what you were feeling right as you were starting to overeat, right at that moment where you're like, I notice I'm getting full, but I can't stop or I just don't want to stop. So the point here is to allow yourself to draw up those feelings of stress or resistance or tension and really draw it up. Let it be there as you're tapping on the karate chop point. And then in your mind's eye, I want you to just imagine that instead of continuing to eat whatever food that you were eating or would be eating, that you just push the food away from you, like at arm's length. So you push it all the way away from you. You decide, okay, I'm going to stop eating this right now, and I'm going to actually deal with what I'm feeling. And usually right in that moment, that's the hardest part because 
then all of that stress is like right there and you have nothing to medicate it with or suppress it. So notice that kind of bad feeling, that resistance or that frustration or the stress. And then go ahead and rate that just real quickly, scale from zero to 10. How high is the the feeling, that bad feeling that you have right now? And then as you're tuning in and feeling this feeling, ask yourself the question, how old do I feel right now? And notice the first age that comes to your mind, even if you think you're making it up. And then start tapping through the points at your own pace. And step inside your body at that age as if you're there right now. And take a look around. And notice what's happening and how you feel about it, even if you think you're making it up. And allow your feeling or the sense about what you might be feeling here to lead you. So we're not analyzing or rationalizing, we're just feeling. And keep tapping through the points. And sometimes it helps to let your younger self, whatever age you were at that time, let yourself say whatever it is you need to say or maybe never got to say, whether out loud or in your mind, letting yourself speak from that emotion. It's all welcome. What you feel is important. Keep putting all of your attention on this memory and what you feel in it. staying with it letting the uncomfortable feelings arise just staying with it keep tapping through the points And at a certain point, you're going to notice that that emotion that you felt in this memory or at this age starts to dial down just a little bit. And that means that you are, in a sense, going back in time and healing what you never got to process 
at that time. And then go to tapping on the collarbone point and just stay right there. And then ask your younger self and and really be open to listening here. Ask your younger self if there's something that she needed or she needed someone around her to know or she needs to say. And just notice intuitively what that is. And if you feel something here, just let yourself feel it. You should keep tapping. Go ahead and move from the collarbone point to tapping through the points again. It's just important to hold space for yourself, your heart, at this time in your life. Go back to the karate chop point. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale it out through your mouth. Do that two more times. Inhale through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. And inhale through your nose. Exhale it out through your mouth. Awesome. And then just keep tapping karate chop point. And let's just take a moment to observe if there's any belief or identity that you picked up in this memory or in this season of life. So it's going to be something that seems very familiar, but maybe even comfortable, but, but you know, it's, it's, it's unhealthy. It's not who you are. So a belief will be something like, I'm not important. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes going to be an I am sort of statement. And just feel into it. And if you get a sense of something here, sometimes there's a belief here and sometimes it's It's just the pure emotion that needs to be processed. But if there's a belief that that came up for you, 
just rate the truth of that statement. So if you feel like I'm not good enough, um, scale from zero to 10, how high, notice that the truth of it, meaning it feels like I'm at a nine, like that feels really true, like I'm not enough. Just rate that to get a sense of how high it is. And just keep tapping Karate Chop Point. And I have found that the best way to work with beliefs is to really connect with God or whatever higher power that you feel really emotionally connected to. And so take a moment to just drop down into the area right around your heart center. And just ask for the truth about this. So for example, is it true that I'm not enough? I would fill in the blank with whatever fits for you here. And then notice anything that you see, sense, hear, or feel. Anything that is coming from God is going to have a sense of lightness and peace, unconditional love, no heaviness, no striving. And you can keep tapping or you can bring your hands down to your lap and just let yourself rest here for a moment. And see if you can allow yourself to just soak in whatever sense that you received here. Whatever sense of truth, lightness or peace. Anything you notice that is for you. It's not for anyone else, it's just for you. And then any sense of lightness or peace or love that you feel in your heart center. Let's see if we can allow that to move through your whole body. So this is what actually heals and changes us at a subconscious mind level is when we tune into the truth and the love and the peace that's always available at our core And we allow it to just move through our whole body. And scientifically and physiologically and neurologically, it starts to to change the, the way that 
the, um, the body responds. And so instead of responding to the lies, now it's responding to the truth. And so let's just tap through the points and feel into that, that peace, that lightness, any little tiny bit of it that you have received today. The more you put your attention on it, the more it will expand as if it's that light at your heart center that just moves through and, and grows and is glowing through your whole body. And you let yourself feel it and soak in it. As you keep tapping through the points, then turn your attention to going back to that vision that you've had for a healthy body, healthy life. Just maybe seeing a picture of your healthiest, most vibrant self. Seeing that in your mind's eye Seeing yourself with a healthy relationship with food. And just hold that intention in your mind. Keep tapping through the points and then feel it again in your body. So feeling that peace and that lightness and tuning into it, letting yourself relax into that really good feeling. As you're doing this, you're communicating to your subconscious mind that it is safe to change, to heal, to be fully alive and free. And then again, draw that picture of your most healthy, vibrant self. Having a healthy relationship with food. Healthy relationship with your body. Whatever comes up, there's no particular one right way. Just notice what shows up. And then go back to feeling that feeling in your body, dropping into that sense of peace, lightness, That freedom, just like a light that just glows 
And the more you feel it, the more it glows. Keep tapping through the points. And then see if you can do both at once. So feel that feeling of relief and lightness and peace. And see the picture in your mind. See if you can do both at the same time. When you combine a clear vision or intention with that elevated emotion, the science is showing how it changes your brain and body to get on board with the truth of who you are and what's possible for you. So keep seeing that picture in your mind and feeling that good feeling in your body. Just allowing yourself to believe that change is always possible. No matter what's happened in the past, our bodies are designed to heal, to be transformed, to constantly be growing and changing. Awesome. Okay, so let's take a deep breath in. Exhale out. You can stop tapping. Okay. So you might just jot down any notes that uh, you want to remember from anything that came up um, during the tapping, any aha moments that you had. Anything you want to work on later, just take a moment, jot that down. Okay. Um, okay, so if you have any questions, um, as always, press star two to raise your hand. Um, but this, this tapping exercise I, I found to be one of the most powerful um, that I've ever experienced and I've combined several different modalities sort of all in one and and you can use this not only for healing your relationship with food you know emotional eating stress eating but anytime you're triggered um, and you're feeling lots of emotion um, this is a really good one to go to and the, the food component is just, um, the only reason we have the, the food piece of it in there is, is just whenever we're, we're using food as a go-to um, rather than actually dealing with the emotion. But the, the process of it is the same. It's just learning how to actually work with emotions and um, know how to process them and know how to get to those deeper beliefs about yourself that you might not have even known were there and clear them out and receive the truth and then really drop into your core and get to experience that and then let that good feeling, that, that connection with your core, heal your whole body. And so that's the overview of the way that process works. So um, you'll have this you replay, so you can, you can do it again with 
any situation that arises, you can also go back to your 30 days of change and listen to those audios I mentioned before. And then um, again, we we have those two um, live gatherings. If you're able to make it um, the 19th of December at 6.30 and January 2nd at 7. We have two more live calls. So there will be one um, next week and then the week after at 4 o'clock. And then the 29th, we won't have a live call, but we will have that live gathering on the 2nd. So that's the scoop. Um, Again, feel free to reach out for more support via Facebook group or directly to me. Um, Use this time to to really allow yourself to to continue to transform, even in the tiniest ways, because every little bit of intention we put towards our health, and rather than delaying, um, is is doing such an amazing work during these times that we're especially triggered or raw, or we tend to go back into old patterns. So. I encourage you to utilize this time as much as you can. Um, I'm so, I'm just so happy to be on this journey with each of you. I love you all. And that is it for now. So um, I'll send this replay out and I'll speak to you all again soon. All right. Bye for now. Bye.